been? Good, man. How have you been? Um, I'm good. Just living in Philly, you know? Um, yeah. Working for Merrill Lynch. Just, just uh, you know, living up the sports while I can up yeah. here. Chad, we'll yeah. talk some Sixers at the end of it. But Chad Michaelis <laughs> with us here on Corbett's Corner. Um, we did this last week, a good kind of BC Mizzou preview. And uh, you're probably the only Clemson guy I know. We've kind of traded it back and forth on Twitter a bit. This is yeah. a game that I've been uh, had on my calendar mark for quite a bit. And you just said you're kind of limping into this one. But for what sure. are your general thoughts with the program so far this year and how you kind of came into your Clemson fandom? Man, so I... I, you know, wanted to go to college at a school that had really good football. Um, I also wanted to feel really at home. So I went and I looked at a lot of places and I saw Clemson 2014. They, they, they had Taj Boyd, you know, they had some, some good, some fun teams back then. And I I went there and I was like, you know, this, this might be it, you know, this might be what I want to want to do. And so I ended up going there, um, and we had Cole Stout mm-hmm. at quarterback. Um, right. That is the last time I have seen our offense anywhere close to what it looks like this year. <laughs> um, it, the good thing about back then is we had a nice little freshman in the, in the wings named Deshaun Watson right. that was going to come in. And, and now I'm not sure I see an end in sight. And frankly, I'm not sure it's due to personnel in any way. I think it's I think it's coaching. I think it's scheming. I think it's a a general theme of complacency that's gone through the coaching staff, generally stemming from Dabo Sweeney himself, which is tough to say. But well, let's get into um, that because when Paul yeah. Feinbaum declares that the Dabo dynasty is done, what is your reaction? I think it is an overreaction, but it's yeah, it's fine. Something that obviously it's something that I, I'm understand why people are saying it right mm-hmm. i mean this is this has been a culmination of a lot of a lot of things over the years that all, all of us as fans have been like hey why aren't we doing this like you know why don't we take transfers you know why yeah. are we only taking 18 people a, a recruiting class you know but you know nobody questioned it because we were winning you know we were winning national tra- championships and if we weren't winning it we were playing in them yeah. So it wasn't things that were coming to the forefront at all. It was just all things that was, you know, a little annoying. Like, oh, we don't take transfers. That sucks. Why not? Dabo says he – so Dabo's all about his family culture, right? Yeah. He wants it to yeah. be like family. Um, and he truly does believe in that, and he actually thinks that it works. And I think it worked. It worked for a lot of our championships. It's why Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence – all those seniors came back that year to come and try to win it in 2018. And we put a spanking on Alabama 44 to 16, never forget. Yep. Uh, but also it's also the reason why, you know, you have seven coaches, kids on scholarship yeah. on an 85 person team, why you're taking 18 and 20 person recruiting classes when Alabama and the Georgias are taking 26 and 27. Um, Dabo never wanted to, guarantee a spot to somebody that he might come back like he saved a spot for Deshaun Watson his junior year because he didn't know if he was gonna leave it's stuff like that where I understand the concept of it and I love that he is that much of a 
a guy that cares about his players and stuff. But at some point, you have to start thinking about what that means in the long term, what that means for depth, what that means for, I mean, just the culture of the program because it's easy to get, oh, you know, Dabo's got my back. Um, Do I have to coach as hard? You know, Tony Elliott, Dabo's got his back and we're running the same offense since 2015. Fucking 15. Sorry if I can't curse. No, you can let it fly. And that was All my right, next good. question is Tony Elliott. That's the big storyline coming in. DJ, yeah. I kind of went into it statistically noticeably worse year over year. And the sample sizes are almost identical. What is For going sure. on? So um, it's just the lack of creativity. RG3 on our broadcast last week called our offense archaic. <laughs> and I think that is the easiest way to look at it. It worked in 20, you know, we had Chad Morris's old offense, right? Yeah. Um, and then Dabble called that Clemson's offense because it kind of became our go-to thing. We used a lot of motions. We used a lot of the A-backs getting the pitches, you know, a lot of pre-snap stuff. I don't know where that's gone. I, I you know, and not to say Chad Morris is, the, is an offensive guru. He's struggling right. in high school right now, but... <laughs> Um, just like that identity that we've seen, you know, pushing the ball downfield. If you look up any Deshaun Watson highlights, it's him throwing these 60-yard bombs to our 6-3, receivers that we have all across. Guess what? We still have those guys. We just don't run those routes. Now, maybe because of offensive line play, um, which, you know, Robbie Caldwell, he's like way too old and needs to be replaced because <laughs> sure. um, at first it was okay because we were recruiting three stars, low four stars, and, like, we were able to kind of do okay against Alabama and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, we're, now we're recruiting the high four-star offensive linemen, the even five stars, Jackson Carmen, Mitch Hyatt. And, and, I mean, I can't say they get better when they get here. Yeah. And that's, right. that sucks. Fair so, criticism. Um, yeah, the NC State lost Chad Michaelis with us as we're breaking down Clemson, BC. So Clemson, again, the perennial playoff contender, they can still right. win out. Uh, yeah. Hope that NC State slips up. Would that be enough to get them into the playoffs with two losses? You're going to include an ACC title over a really weak coastal division. What were your thoughts going into a road game at NC State? So I knew it's always so when I first went to Clemson, it was the Atlantic was going to have to go through NC state because they were really good. Mm. Um, and we knew we either win that game or lose that game and we'll have a chance to win the ACC. If that happens. Um, I saw it on the schedule after, after us looking bad against Georgia tech. And I was just, I was like, that's a loss. You can't go into Raleigh, a Dave Doreen and, and Dabo Sweeney hate each other. And, <laughs> I mean, come out flat, come out with no creativity on offense. We had, I hate to mention injuries, but two of our best players on both sides got hurt. Brian Brzee out for the year with an ACL, which is yeah. terrible to hear. Um, and Will Shipley, our five-star freshman running back, uh, got taken out. A couple of weeks, uh, with, right. Yeah, three to four weeks. So, I mean, that was bad to see, but we weren't moving the ball anyway. So, did it really matter? I mean, it's hard to – I think our defense is still elite. I think our defense and Brent I Venables, I think that we have a special side over there. It's just hard 
when you're on the field for 30 minutes of the game, you know, when, when it's two times as much possession for NC state as it is Clemson to even win that game, we shouldn't have even been in that game by the end of it, but we went into overtime. <laughs> NC was, state's field goal kicker was zero for three, including yeah, like the right. one. Was- <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible. So uh, like, and you know more about Boston college than I do, but just from what I think, um, you guys have a great running game. You have a you have a quarterback that he can move around the pocket and, and make things done. You know, his backup, but you know, he's savvy, he's game manager kind of thing. I, I can't believe it. Uh, this guy surprises me every week. Exactly, exactly. And I think I'd like to, I want to see how your defensive line does against um, our O line because the only O line D line we've we've beat this year has been SC State. And I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think Boston College is SC State, so I'm not excited. I, I think the line is insane for this yes. game. Haven't um, covered a game. No, and it's at 15 I, right now. I'm not sure that our, uh, our our defense will have to score for us to cover that. <laughs> is all I gotta say. Hey, it um, could happen. Well, that's my last question. We'll get you out of here on this. How does, because you mentioned the run game. I think that's the way we could do it. You mentioned the line, also notably the totals at 46. So they're expecting kind of a defensive grinder. You and I both agree Clemson's still a top five defense in the nation. Um, We have a mammoth offensive line. Like this offensive line is uh, just a pro production NFL kind of factory, which is crazy to think. Uh, So if Grossell can kind of do some magic, not make crazy, he threw a freaking interception on his first pass against Mizzou. Like he makes crazy mistakes like that, but he finds a way to uh, win the game. Let's see. I'm confident, but I don't want to ask you how Clemson's going to win this game because Vegas obviously thinks it's going to be by a couple touchdowns. How does BC win this game in your eyes? BC wins the game by running the football, taking possession, time of possession, and just putting us in long third downs, which we have done to ourselves. Um, just do what other people have done. I, you put in a light box. We can't run on a light box this year. That's what our problem is. They're dropping, they're dropping eight, and we can't run the ball. It, it, is, it is amazing. So, I mean, if we can't figure that out, um, I don't see how we move the ball. Um, if we can't move the ball, it, it usually, you know, it'll probably be seven, seven at some point, And then it'll just, they'll, you guys will grind away. I don't expect to win, but I, I want, obviously I think, I mean, our talent, it's such a weird thing that I know what talent is on. You can look for two for through two, four, seven and see the talent on our team. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's just. I mean, I've seen games against Georgia Tech. I've seen games against NC State. I've seen us look bad against either one. Never back-to-back. Never like this. Our offense just looks like they can't do a thing. So that's my biggest worry. It's crazy. Chad Michaelis, I appreciate your time. We'll have our eyes. It's going to be tough. We're going to have to wait until Saturday night under the lights for our game. Um, It'll be loud, though. It'll be loud. I think it's – is it homecoming? It might be homecoming. I don't know. So (laughs) – yeah you're getting you don't want to lose that one for sure (laughs) exactly um appreciate the time my man Uh, we'll talk for sure season hell yeah sounds good it's good how about this there's only 26 teams left in the nation that have a zero in the loss column we've got two of them here arkansas boston college 
Andy Stoops back with us. Andy, we had this peg from the start. Arkansas upset win. Jefferson greater than Calzada. Uh, didn't even have to do that much. He made huge throws deep down the field when he needed to. Uh, roll hogs. Oh, 100%, man. I love it. Both of our teams, 4-0. Big win, big win last week for BC. Mm. Uh, hanging on um, against a good Mizzou football program. Uh, and then on the other side of the coin, you have uh, our boys over in uh, Arlington, the Arkansas Razorbacks, able to hang on after a shaky second half, a little bit of injuries there. Um, both teams able to hang on, and here we are, uh, both 4-0. Uh, so Arkansas, again, did that against the top 10 defense, or so we thought. I mean, Texas A&M, they've still got a pretty solid uh, defensive front. Now they have to go up against number one, Georgia. I mean, we've talked about the schedule, dear Lord. Uh, you know, Arkansas in their own right, I think, is one of the better defenses in the nation. Uh, look in hindsight what they did to Texas, and now what Texas has done in the week since. Um, what are you expecting heading in for your first true road test? in Georgia. Yeah. So it's, it's super interesting, right? We really have uh, a similar storyline between last week and this week where you're heading into a game against an elite defense. Um, Georgia, let's look at the scoring offenses Georgia has played. Not one of these teams has cracked the top 75 with the top scoring offense they've played being UAB. Uh, at 76. We have Vanderbilt at 111, South Carolina at 115. And then interestingly enough, the worst scoring offense they have played is Clemson at 119. So similar storyline, right? Where you're playing this elite defense, but you kind of have this elephant in the room where, hey, have they been tested? I think like AM, this is Georgia's true first test. Again, we don't really know about this Clemson team shaky last week. You don't want to totally write that off because that is certainly a good win. I think 100% going to be the best offense uh, this Georgia team has played. And for Arkansas, you know, they don't have an identity crisis. Arkansas has only been favored in two games ever with Sam Pittman, right? So, um, excuse me, that may be this year. Um, with uh, Georgia Southern and then Rice, excuse me, wrong stat there, to, uh, has only been favored twice. Nonetheless, the identity the identity is there for Arkansas. This is a team that isn't afraid of your stats. They're not afraid of your top-tier defense. Uh, they're used to being dogs, uh, but truly would be a historic win for Arkansas. No team has ever beat top-10 teams back-to-back on the road as a dog. So this one is lining up. <laughs> to what could be one of the greatest stories we've ever seen in college football. You know what? I, I'm going to let you know. I already pulled Hogs money line because I think you mentioned Clemson. How good, again, Georgia really hasn't played anyone. You, you touted on the offenses going against this top defense, right? Uh, the Clemson win looks a lot less impressive now, only being able to put up that much, and then Georgia Tech being able to put that much in an NC State. Boston College, Clemson this weekend, so I've got my eye on that. Well, no Arkansas's fate before that Arkansas's fight uh, before that, because it's the night game in death Valley, but you mentioned it. JT Daniels looks fine. His backup might even look better than him, but both of them, both of them have a couple of interceptions. You can't do that against Arkansas in this week's matchup. 
Right. Yeah. You're looking at two teams here uh, that struggle to get it into the red zone. Both teams are a hundredth or, or worse nationally. So I think the QB that's going to be able to find the end zone inside of the 20 is going to have some success here. Like you said, JT Daniels does not look bad. Uh, and then touching on the depth of Georgia, right? Georgia um, top five classes year in, year out. This is a team that's stacked. They're ready to go rotating on the line. I don't think you're going to see the quarterback troubles that we saw last week. So Arkansas is going to not going to get that bone thrown their way where Calzada is doing the two step. If the pocket begins to implode for a split second, um, this is going to be um, a much tighter game. Uh, Georgia's a lot better team. Uh, it's going to be a true test, obviously not getting much love from Vegas, 18 and a half. Right. It's going to be, it's going to be super interesting. I love the 11 AM kick. Uh, would hate to be under the lights in Athens, similar mm-hmm. to what we did with Texas, right? So uh, we're getting uh, we're getting some favorability there, but man, like you said, it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting. We're going to find out a lot with this game. Not only undefeated, you guys have covered every single number as well. Um, is game day going there? I, I yeah, yeah, we got are, Herbie, yeah. we got Herbie and the boys um, outside the stadium for the second uh, for the first two hours inside. For the last hour of game day, uh, and it'll be fun, man. It'll be fun. I can't remember. It's been it's been a long time um, since uh, since Arkansas has been on college game day. So nice, uh, but again, would love to have them last weekend. Yeah. Uh, this week it's like, man, okay, uh, <laughs> you better show up. Yeah, definitely getting some national coverage. So we'll see, man. But it's gonna be a ton of fun. I wonder who the picker is gonna be. That'd be awesome if they got McFadden in the cut. Um, I feel like every time they're in Atlanta, it's like Quavo or Offset. Like right. 100% of the time. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, last question. Andy Stoops with us here as his hogs are rolling. Uh, BC as well. You've heard the Clemson preview right before this. Sam Pittman revenge game, perhaps? Yeah, so that's an interesting storyline, right? So uh, Sam was with Kirby in Georgia for four years. Nothing but high praise from each other this week. Uh, again, um, Sam knows what Georgia does. Um, so a little bit of an edge there, but at the same time, Kirby knows that Sam knows, right? So mm-hmm. they may try to switch it up or at the same time, they just may say, all right, this is our plan. This is what we do. We know that, you know, try to stop us. Right. So yeah. I, that is an interesting storyline. It would be amazing. Um, I, I don't know if we pulled this off. You'll, you'll remember last year, first, first, uh, game of the year, we were leading Georgia at half. Um, but again, second half, this Georgia team has a way of just wearing you down. Like I hinted at earlier, when you have a roster full of five stars that can rotate in and out every play and really not skip a beat, it is hard to keep up with these guys for four quarters. I mean, you look at Vanderbilt, they were down 35 to Georgia after the first quarter last week. (laughs) I mean, these guys can run it up and they're not going to stop. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm so happy for Sam. Uh, if he were able to pull this off, that would be, I mean, I, I, I don't know. We would, I don't think we'd ever see anything like it. You know what? I'm a believer. We're going hogs money line. We're going Boston college money line. Let's have a Saturday. It's going to be awesome. Um, going to get you out of here with this. How about a really good game? We've got the sec matchup between Arkansas and Georgia, right? How about Bama old miss lane Kiffin revenge game? What are your thoughts here against Matt Corral and Bryce Young, two early Heisman favorites? Yeah, so that's going to be a really good game. Uh, it's going to be a game to watch. Uh, Ole Miss coming off that bye. 
but as Lane stated, uh, it's not too helpful to have that by this early in the season. Probably would have liked to play. But you'll see, I, I don't know, man, that Bama team showed some weakness um, there against Florida on the Agreed. road. Obviously, this one uh, at Bryant-Denny, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be tough, especially with this Ole Miss team. Yeah, they're a high-flying offense. They're blowing at, out teams. But at the same time, similar to Georgia, I mean, they really haven't been tested. I know that Louisville game was prime time, and they looked good. But And this, Tul- this Tulane-Oklahoma game from week one is the most confusing game to me ever. I'm like, okay, wait, is Oklahoma bad? Is Tulane good? And then Ole Miss destroys Tulane. Yeah. Uh, college football has been wild this year. I love it, man. It's nice. You're seeing some of those programs uh, that just re- really haven't, you know, your 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 season – all of that, all of that uh, preseason energy is typically wiped much earlier. Right now, you got some teams hanging on, and again, you got a team like Cincinnati, big, big game this weekend, favorite against Notre Dame. That's wow. huge. Um, you, you have a lot of programs across the board that still have some spark. Um, so we'll see. I'm loving it. Uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. As for the pick um, for this one, just a heads up: um, this under uh, for Georgia. Uh, 11 ranked teams at home are on neutral field. Nine of those 11 games have gone under. For this one, I don't have a pick that I'm in love with, though I do like the idea of a six-point tease across the under 54.5 in Arkansas to cover that 24.5. Not a big tease guy. Right, right. I I can't say that I love teasers at all, but I really don't love anything about this this line, given that Georgia can wear on you in the second half. With that, I do like the idea of Arkansas getting a touchdown and a field goal in the first half. We've came out hot. We've started hot most games aside from Rice, our first game. But we've been rolling first half since then. I like us in the first half for sure. Um, again, I like that tease with the under. Obviously, 18 and a half, you got to pull it there. But um, again, this is for me. I'm not playing it by any means. I'm gonna sit there, watch, learn, um, and it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a wild ride. I already played it for you. I think it was seven fifty. I got. Let's go. Why not Arkansas? I'm believing. I got BC seven fifty on the money line. I took them spread two cover machine. BC against Clemson. Uh, you'll get a treat out of this. Chad Michaelis joined me right before you hopped on here on Corbett's Corners. We broke down Clemson BC. Uh, so good stuff. Andy Stoops, appreciate it again. Love it. Arkansas looking great, um, and we appreciate your time, sir. Awesome, man. Take care. All right, Corbett's Corner. We just got done with our breakdowns of college football, Clemson, Boston College. We've heard uh, the game of the week as well in Arkansas, Georgia, but it's time for NFL football. It's our weekly hit with Ricky Larson of Lucky uh, Lucky Shots Media. We also talked UFC 266 uh, last week, and how about just absolutely spot on? Uh, yeah. Volkanovski looked dominant. Nate Diaz gave us a great fight and then didn't want to fight anymore. Um, <laughs> and Shevchenko was Shevchenko. So how about that? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll start in the, uh, Lawler fight was third round TKO. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the slowest fast paced fights I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they were banging the whole time. Yeah. It was just, it was slow. Cause you know, they, they're a little older. They you know, we're pretty slow, but I mean, Robbie Lawler looked like a slower version of Robbie Lawler. He was hungry. He was hungry for that fight. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it just looked like the way he always fights, uh, but it was enjoyable, you know, 
it, it wasn't a snooze fest where they sure. both looked old and didn't do a whole lot. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed that. And then the Shevchenko fight, fourth round TKO, just everything about it. You know, it looked like Murphy was on the defensive the yeah. entire time. You know, she threw here and there, but I mean, like we said, she's just dominant. You it know? was, it was, yeah, it was just clinically surgical. It was a, a beatdown. Well, and it was so surgical that when she hit her, you know, and dropped her and that was the beginning of the end of the fight. She didn't really, really hit her hard. You know, she mm -hmm. got her behind the ear, but it was just that war of attrition and she just grinded her down until she just couldn't stand anymore. Right. And, it, you know, it's, it was a dominating performance. And then speaking of dominating, I mean, Bolkanowski, I mean, that guy was just, it, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, he controlled the whole fight. There was one point, where it looked like he was out of control a bit. And that was in that third round, which was a hell of a third round. Oh, yes. I mean, you had, I, I don't know. Did, did you think Ortega dropped him when he got him down and put on that guillotine? I mean, I, I think it was Daniel Cormier getting lost in the hype of the fight a little bit. You know, it, sometimes that happens. But yeah, I never really thought Volkanovski was out of control. Maybe for a split second. I was like, ah, but then quickly recovered. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that was, that was a really good fight. Uh, and then, you know, Ortega, he kind of gassed out. It looked like towards the end, Definitely. Um, but you know, nothing against him. He went out there and he put on a show and it's just one of those champions that it's going to take a mm -hmm. Herculean effort to take down a champion like that. It was definitely a great main card. We've got one of the UFC fight nights this weekend. I, my only question is, I, I kind of like Johnny Walker tonight against Tiago Santos or tonight on Saturday, but uh, a yeah. little bit of an underdog. Should be a good banger of a fight. Interesting. Kevin Holland, the co-main too, so it should be a good watch for UFC fans. I would say so. I want to hop back into uh, 266. It was one of, of those earlier fights on the card. And forgive me if I say his name wrong, but Matthew... Oh, some Ellsberger or something? Yeah. 15 seconds. You know, they, they size each other up, and then he throws a bomb, and the dude's out. I mean, yes. <laughs> it's it's what you love to see. That's why I really like watching the, the beginning uh, fights. Agreed. Because those are guys that are trying to make a name for themselves, and they'll go out and give you a 15-second knockout. And win the performance bonus. I had him in my DFS for MMA, which I love doing on DraftKings, no too. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a heck of a cash in there for you then. Yeah, so he was definitely uh, – he was pretty he, he was pretty expensive. But, yeah, he well, definitely – it's really cool how they do the points. Uh, you should check it out. They've got DFS uh, for, I mean, really any of the fights. Um, right. If that wraps up UFC, let's get into some DFS for NFL football, of course. Uh, Lucky Shots Media, Ricky Larson with us. We talked uh, about kind of some of my value plays. And I finally got my uh, roster set. So my roster's in place. I'm just going to run through it with you. And then we'll get to some of your players uh, and who you like in your respective spot there. And then we end with a Saquon Barkley debate. Is he good? So that'll cap us off. Um, mentioned on your podcast, I like Teddy Two Shoes, your Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater is just doing the solid stuff. He's going to get you some points on the ground. He's going to be efficient, low interceptions, hopefully. Um, and just a guy that you could plug in for a, a bit cheap and do some damage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 
I've been getting text messages and memes from all my friends and family members trying to give the Broncos shit, you know, <laughs> they, yeah, they're three and oh, but they haven't beat anybody. And I'm, I mean, I'm like, yeah, I, I understand, you know, that it's a weak looking three, and oh, but you got to go out, you got to take care of business. And they did that. And this will be kind of that first real test um, for that mm-hmm. offense, for that defense uh especially the defense because you know Lamar's a player and that that offense for the Ravens can go make plays but I think it's a good week for Bridgewater uh to really be like hey all right I'm for real and we're we're gonna be a good team this year uh so we'll see how that goes part of me thinks that the Broncos are going to win too. So that's leading into my play of Teddy um, running backs. We hit him last week. He had a good performance. I'm going to hit him again because he's still relatively cheap. Edwards Hilaire. And that allows me to spend a bit of coin on the league's leading rusher, Derek Henry as my two running backs. For sure. Um, you know, I've, that's, that's a fruit fly there. Uh, I think this week will be, Kind of not a bounce back week for Clyde, but it'll be a good week where he against the Eagles, who just gave up yeah. a huge to Pollard and Elliott. Yeah, to both of those running backs. So I think it's a week where, especially since he's cheap, he can go out there, maybe give you a 15, possibly even 20. And that, you know, that higher upside against a team that will give up points against the running back is a good play. Heading to my wide receivers, I mentioned I like Amari Cooper. I'm playing him as kind of my wide receiver one. Christian Kirk's a guy I targeted early on in uh, actual leagues, and he's just been getting points for my bench. So I'm actually going to use him here in DFS. I'm using him in a couple of teams as well. Uh, and then lastly, Jaden, uh, excuse me, is Jalen Waddle, Jaden Waddle, uh, Jalen Waddle. He is a target machine for the Dolphins, even if it is in his own end zone, which was one of the more bizarre plays I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, um, I, I do like Kirk. Uh, he's a guy that's sitting on waivers in two of my leagues. Yeah. I've been tempted to pick him up, but, you know, other receivers on my bench are kind of, you know, keeping me from doing that. But uh, who, who is your third one? Uh, Jalen Waddle, the uh, screen pass connoisseur. Yeah, uh, and we kind of got a surprise from Brissett last week. Uh, yeah. Didn't play terrible. He played pretty all right. And Waddle's a guy that can go out and make plays. He's super athletic. Um, I, I, I like Waddle this week as well. Uh, mentioned on your podcast, again, this is Ricky Larson, Lucky Shots Media. Patty Fryermuth, my boy. See if he can just get me a nice touchdown. A couple of red zone targets, Big Ben, please. Allowing me to spend on Travis Kelsey, who, again, it's it's him and anyone else for the tight end this week. George Kittle, I believe, is questionable. Hopefully he'll play, but we'll see. Um, so those are my two tight ends. I'm using one in the uh, flex. And Patty Fryermuth, how about that? Let the muth loose. <laughs> yes, yes, correct. What is uh, your I'm, – I'm going with the Cowboys this weekend. What is your kind of game plan for defense? In my leagues, I stream defenses almost every week. Like, I lucked into getting the Saints, and I'll obviously hang on to them as they're at the top of the rankings. But um, usually more times than not, if I don't have a defense like that, I'm just streaming, picking good matchups. Yeah, I'll get to my defense in a second. But uh, last week, a defense that I picked up was the Titans, um, who I can't remember who they played. Um but it was a favorable matchup. Oh, they just beat the Colts. Yes. Yeah, it was a favorable matchup. They got me some good points. And this week they played the Jets. 
And yes. I think that uh, in DFS, you know, makes them a little more expensive because of the good matchup. Uh, but they're a good play as well. And like you said, streaming defenses, I've got the Rams, who I haven't been able to really play the past few weeks because of the matchups they've had, yeah. which they actually would have been all right last week against uh, against Brady. Hell, the- Brady. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I'll get into my defense as well. <clears throat> yeah, without further ado, let's get uh, – yeah, my last thing on the Cowboys was just uh, look what they – look at what they did to Hertz and what do you think they could do to Sam Darnold? So against the Panthers, we'll see. Um, Let's get your lineup here or whatever. Some guys you're targeting this week here, week four in the NFL, Ricky Larson. Yeah. So the lineup that I'm rolling out this week, uh, a few budget players, uh, but overall good value, especially for that salary cap Uh, for quarterback. I'm rolling out Aaron Rodgers. He's got Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's not, anything special so far and you just saw you know Packers go out and have a really good game against uh, San Francisco tried to give it away at the end but you know <laughs> right still still did all right and he's 6800 so uh not one of the more expensive ones but still a little on the higher side and I like the matchup this week uh then you got Joe Mixon at running back he plays tonight uh mm-hmm. Thursday 6500 and it's against the Jags. I feel like hopefully the Bengals will get up early and he'll be a part of that. And then, you know, clean up on the ground later exactly. in the game. So, uh, I like him. And then one of those value plays been talking about him a couple weeks now, one of your Falcons, uh, Cordero Patterson. Yeah. Had yeah, a great week. He started a bit slow and then he racked up tons of receptions, yards, and he's getting carries too. Yeah. He's getting very involved. Uh, you know, he's really involved in the passing game and, you know, it hurts uh, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, guys like that. But yeah. uh, I don't know how much longer it's going to last. So I'm just saying part of it just, is Matt Ryan having to check down so early, too, because yeah. of that putrid offensive line. Yeah. So I'm just trying to cash in while I can on it, see how it goes. He's a guy that I'm rolling out as a RB2 in one of my leagues. Yeah, so. right, right. We'll just have to see how that goes, but I'm pretty confident against Washington, whose defense, it's just shocking, honestly, how crazy not good they have been so far. I like the Falcons to win. Hopefully uh, they don't let Washington look good again, but they could. Yeah, I think uh, choosing the teams to win, uh, I think I chose Washington uh, just because. Falcons like to lay an egg at home, especially coming off a win. Yeah, and I, I like – the idea of Washington's offense, just how much they are going to throw the ball. And, yeah. you know, but then we're moving on to wide receiver. Uh, I'm taking a chance on Odell this week uh, at Minnesota, 5,800. So he's, he's kind of a budget, you know, good price. Uh, and he looked really good last week, you know, uh, first game back, got quite a few targets, made some plays, and Jarvis Landry's not there. So, yeah. Um, and then it's against Minnesota, who, you know, they just kind of tend to have games that are high scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, offenses on either side can do quite a bit. So, I, I like Odell this week. Nice play. OBJ. Uh, at my second wide receiver, got Jamar Chase, also playing tonight on Thursday. Touchdown uh, every uh, week. Yep. Has a touchdown every week. And T. Higgins is not in this week. Mm-hmm. He's out. So, probably going to create a little more volume uh 
again, he's had three, not just three touchdowns, but three long touchdowns, 30 yards or more on all of those. So hopefully we see another one of those against a bad Jaguars defense and quite a few targets. Right. Uh, Then hopping back to the, I've actually got quite a few for this Falcons and uh, Washington matchup. Yeah. Expect a a shootout back and forth. Both teams are going to try and save their season. Going to Terry McLaurin against Atlanta. He's uh, 6,900, so he's the most expensive of these uh, wide receivers. But, I mean, that makes sense. He's gets a bunch of targets, a lot of catches. And, you know, if Washington continues to throw the ball heavily like they have the past couple of weeks, McLaurin's that top guy that's going to get those receptions. Um, so a lot of value there. Scary Terry. Love Scary Terry. And – He's an Ohio State guy, so. Good point. There you go. Love me some scary Terry. Then at tight ends, uh, sticking in that same game, I'm going with Logan Thomas. Yep, that's right. You know, he's, he's a guy who, uh, since Heineke's been in, he's had a touchdown every every game with Heineke, so mm-hmm. at least this season. And he's only 4,700. How about a, former Virginia Tech quarterback, Logan Thomas, now a tight end? That's one of the crazier changes uh, to a career path. It is. And actually, I did not realize that was a thing until uh, this offseason, right before you know the draft started, kind of hearing stuff about Logan Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize that. And what a transition, too, because he's a really good tight he's, end. He's a legit tight end. Yeah, it's not like Tebow, where he goes to minor league baseball and thinks he could be a tight end. Or, you know, even you go back a few, quite a few years to Ohio State, Braxton Miller tried to make the switch over. That's right. Terrell Pryor did, too. He was actually a little bit successful at receiver a bit in the NFL. But yeah, Yeah, because he uh, went to the Raiders, I believe. That's right. He was was definitely a fantasy stalwart, a stream every once in a while. (laughs) I think he was a Redskin, too, for a bit. That's actually a football team. Well, he was back then. Uh, no, no Redskins anymore. No, 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 of course not. The football team. I wonder what they'll change their name to. But um, you mentioned tight end. Let's wrap us up with the defense. And we'll get into a Saquon Barkley debate. Yeah, uh, for my defense, I'm going with Cincinnati. Playing yes, I like it. Guys, yeah, 3,300, a really good uh, a really good value there. I think they'll score quite a bit. I actually plugged uh, Cincinnati in last week against Pittsburgh. And yeah, they were solid. Uh, and then it gave me a little bit of leeway to take Naeem Hines in my flex against Miami for 4,900. So uh, right. I feel like there's a lot of value in this lineup. And and Jonathan Taylor, notably on the injury report too. So I like that Hines play. Yeah. Um, okay. So I got absolutely destroyed by Giants fans. Everyone coming out. I, I, was, I was basically just trying to say, how did the Falcons win? My guy. I mean, Barkley against that defense didn't do anything. The Falcons notoriously terrible defense. We'll see what, McKissick and Gibson are able to do against us this Sunday. I mean, again, it's it's actually noteworthy because he was he's in the New York media market, right? So he's obviously going to get criticism. The, yep. it, so I had this earlier in the week, and now he's finally it comes out today. It's on ESPN's ticker that he's having to defend himself. He's talking to reporters. So this is in the news. I say he's just a guy. And maybe that means I was contested today that says, well, most running backs are good. Like, you know, Antonio Gibson's good. Where do you stand on this hotly contested debate this week on the internet? So we, we've got to start back in his rookie year. He, he has a lot of talent. Yes. You know, knee injury, it'll, it'll slow down and affect any running back whenever they get one of those injuries. And this is his 
full first uh, few games after that happening, you know, so you have to expect a slow start. You're not going to come straight off an ACL injury and be what you were your, your uh, rookie year. Sure. Hurtling over everybody running for 80 yards, you know, he's a guy that I think he's still good. And we've seen a couple of flashes throughout these games, you know, that he still has that in him. I think, you know, the, for the most part, it's just his confidence. He's just got to get back into the rhythm of it and trust that his knee is going to hold up if he tries to do something. And it can't help uh, that the team stinks, you know, yeah. like because the entire locker room's confidence is shot. Yeah, it is. But if you look at some of the numbers, he's number six in the NFL in snap share at the running back position, number six in routes run for running backs, which PPR – you know, yeah, he's a solid fantasy option. Well, again, he had, he had a decent fantasy game against Atlanta the first two weeks. I'm just saying, like, for the Giants team in general, uh, you mentioned the flashes are there. He had a 41-yard run against Washington. But then other than that, he was, like, 12 attempts for 16 yards. It's yep. like, it's like, bro, you know, there's just a little bit too many one-yard, two-yard stuffs. Well, uh, and I think it has to do with, you know, one, how the play calling goes for yeah. uh, New York. And then the situations of games that they're playing in, they're not necessarily playing oh, agreed games. as well. They're trying to throw back and in. it off to him. You know, they're, they're trying to throw the ball and get back into it, which therefore he should be a little more targeted in the passing game, especially last week when they lost Darius Slayton, they lost Sterling Shepard. Kenny Galladay is a shell of himself. Yeah. You know, yeah. Evan Ingram was finally back, but he wasn't really anything either. So, uh, I still say Saquon is good. I think we just have to wait and let his confidence build back up and, you know, wait for some games where the Giants actually have a chance to run the ball and then kind of see what he is going to do. There unfortunately might not be many. They've got the Saints this weekend, uh, so we shall see. All right, we'll get you out of here. Just kind of one word, yes or no, uh, against my list of running backs, I would take over Saquon Barkley. So we'll see. Uh, Saquon or Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry. Dalvin Cook or Saquon? Cook, yeah. Nick Chubb? Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Nick Chubb fan. He's I'd take great. Chubb over Dalvin Cook, even. C-Mac? Yep. Uh, well, Aaron Jones? Yeah, after what I've seen for a little bit this year. Barkley's uh, starting to slide. The injury's not helping. Austin Eckler? Yeah, for 100%. James Robinson. Mm, the situation is starting to get Robinson's tricky. Hard. Uh, <laughs> I'd still take James Robinson, I think. Wow. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, for at least the rest of this year, yeah, I'd take Zeke. Chris Carson. Carson's in a better situation, so... See, this is kind of my point. And then Mixon, you said you like tonight, is he's not – he's good, but he's he's falling out quickly of the top 10 running backs you would even take on a given week. Right. Um, I mean, again, it just comes down to the Giants, I think. True. That, that A lot of that plays the part. Yeah. I, I think if, you know, you say – say you put him on the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Then I would probably lean him more over, say, James Robinson – or, you know, those lower kind of guys, I'd take yeah. him over the week if he was on the Broncos or something like that. Last one I threw in there that might might get you to go, Saquon. Tony Pollard. 
No, I'd still take Tony Pollard. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. I mean, shit. Put Tony Par- Pollard on the Giants and see what he can do. That's, you know, I don't know. That's that's awesome, kind of my dude. thing. Uh, appreciate your time as always. Ricky Larson will get you throughout the course of the season. Uh, check out his stuff. Lucky Shots Media will be tagging him in the Twitter posts, et cetera. Uh, check him out on YouTube. And uh, we look forward to another weekend in football. Yes, sir.